is Cree Devereaux, and I'm so happy to have you all in the house here. I am a leader on the diverse students team, and I'm just so happy to see you all. Thank you for being here. Shaking, we will not be shaken, we will not be 
his name is Jesus. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You're more than enough, Jesus. More than enough. Yeah, you're more than enough. Come on, can we just say that? More than enough. Tell him who he is. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Yeah. Nothing I can do to let you down. Doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. And I'll never be more loved than I am right. Oh. Going through a storm, but I won't go. Closer than you are right now. Come on, lift your voice and sing.
more than enough. He is more than enough. If you came in here converged with doubts today, that God loves you, listen to the words in this song. He is more than enough. You are already loved. You're already chosen. Jaira, whatever your circumstances are, whatever you need today, look to that great name, the name of Jesus, the one who tied himself to our human experience, came in the flesh to show us just how much he loves us. If you have any doubts today, Converge Nation, remember that he is more than enough. Whatever you need, he will provide. He is Jaira. He's already seen ahead to what you need, and he's already working even as you pray. He is moving everything, heaven and earth, to get to where you are today. God has come into this place. Holy Spirit, you are in this place today. Thank you. The Word tells us that He inhibits the praises of His people. God is in this place. He is waiting on you to say, Lord, I accept you. You are more than enough. Father, we thank you that today you are reminding us that whatever happens or whatever has happened, whatever experience, Lord, we have had, that you are more than enough, that we can turn our hearts today and look to you, the rock from whence come our help. Father, we thank you that you, your great name, the name of Jesus is a name above every other name, that at that name, Father, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Father, we thank you for this amazing, amazing encounter. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Take over and do what you do best. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your service. Amen. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So this is our fifth Sunday, which is um, Family Sunday. It's Converge Students, Converge Kids Sunday, every fifth Sunday. So we just want to come, um, myself and students, to recognize um, you for coming. Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, we'd like to welcome our first-time guest. If you are a first-time guest, if you could wave your hand. Woo! Y'all give it up for our first-time guest. Woo! We, thank you for coming. Truly, we know that you could have gone anywhere. Amen? But you are here. And so we thank you. We don't take that for granted. So um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Ms. Alicia. Um, I, my name is Alicia Georges. I am from Converge Students. Amen, amen. I'm Desi Scott, and I'm from Converge Students. Amen. So we have a couple announcements that we want to go through. So, um, you know, pray for your students and um, just, you know, continue to support us. Go ahead. Okay, so follow and share on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Amen. And Converge Students meets every second and fourth Sunday of the month in the rail. Woo! So I just want to just do a special announcement and a save the date for parents and students. So we have an opportunity to go see in live in concert Lecrae. I don't know if y'all know who that is, but I have him on my uh, playlist. Amen. So Lecrae concert, Elevation Rhythm, and Doe Jones, if you Remember the group uh, Forever Jones? Uh, she's one of the, the singers in that, and she's amazing. So it's going to be in concert at UT Arlington on Sunday, April 23rd. So save the date. Um, Converge students, we will be <laughs> in the place. So um, amen. So we want to invest in our students and continue to encourage them in the Lord and um, allow them to come and, and have that time to celebrate Jesus in concert. 
All right, so next up is the Serve Team Fair. Amen, amen. Yeah, all my serving leaders, if you could give me a whoop whoop. Yeah, so after service, today, after service, you can go out in the lobby near the uh, big windows and um, there's tables lined up, opportunities for you to serve if you're not already serving. So we need your help, we love your help, and uh, we just wanna thank you in advance, amen? So next is, oh, was there a QR code? Okay, so next is the V groups. So we will be meeting um, with uh, the men, starting out with Fight Club. Uh, brothers, can I get a, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, you got to go down. Amen. So Fight Club is this Saturday, February 4th. It's already February. Amen. So there will be breakfast and Bible study at 8 a.m. here following um, around, a, around a golf at Ocalo Golf Course. Amen. So I don't know if you're good or not, but you go show up your stuff. So um, at 10 a.m., the cost is $54 per person, okay? And you pay at the course, amen? All right, also, don't forget about the ladies, say hey! All right, so Converge Her will be meeting Wednesday, February 8th, okay? More details to come, amen? All right, so last but not least is Next Steps. So if you are here, you've been coming to Converge and you're like, you know, I think I want to go deeper. Somebody say, I want to go deeper. Amen. Deeper in the Lord, deeper at Converge. So next steps is all about you getting connected. And so today, immediately following service, you can um, sign up. There's a QR code right there. Get your phone, scan it so you can sign up for next steps and, and what um, that entails for you at Converge. Amen. All right, so I'm going to turn it over to Coquette. So y'all give it up for our students. Woo! They look good. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor Jesse, will you come, please? Amen. Uh, we are coming to our blessed life segment. Um, yeah, somebody's excited. Woo! Let's go. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Can you say good morning with me? Good morning. Glad to see you. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of our services today. We are excited that you're here. It is the opportunity or the time that we're going to have our blessed life. And that means that we're going to prepare our hearts and minds to give unto the Lord. How do you many of you know that he's worthy? Oh, come on. He's worthy. He's worthy. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy what? To receive our tithes and offerings. And Coquetto is going to do that for you. But first of all, let me say this. This week... We sent out our giving statements and they should have went to your email. If you have an email, you should have gotten a giving statement. If you didn't have an email, then it's going to come in the mail. If you have a question and you, remember, and you can remember this, you can send a quest, your questions to accounting at weareconverge.com. If you have a question or concern, you can do that. We are accounting at weareconverge.com. Please send your uh, inquiries there. Amen? Amen. He's worthy? He's worthy. He's worthy. He is worthy. Thank you, Pastor Amen. Jesse. Amen. <laughs> All right. So you heard about the giving statements. Uh, now is our time to receive our tithes and offering. Uh, we thank you because here at Converge, we have multiple ways to give, right? So you can give via text. Text Converge Give to 77977 and the dollar amount, and you can give that way. You can give through our mobile app. You can give through Zelle. You can also give uh, through Cash App. 
But also, if you're in the house today, we have the ushers in the aisles. Uh, please raise your hands and they will get you an envelope and a pen. And we ask that you fill it out in its entirety so that we can properly account for your giving. That's where you get the giving statements from. So please make sure that all the details are in there correctly. Amen. All right. So as, as I was thinking about giving today, I was reminded of a scripture, an exhortation by Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 and 7. And he said this to the Corinthian church. He said, you guys excel in everything. Say amen if Converge excels in everything. Amen. Yes, we excel in everything, in faith, in eagerness, in love, in all of these things. But his exhortation was this, excel also in the grace of giving. Amen. So this is our challenge to you, Converge. Since you excel in all these gifts that God has given us, also excel in the grace of giving. Uh, let us pray for our gifts. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are in this place today and we have been rejoicing with you worshiping praising and father we thank you that you continue to give us abundantly above and beyond anything we could ever ask think or even imagine father we thank you for the gifts that we're about to receive we thank you for the hearts father that want to give that are willing to give but unable lord we ask that you give them beyond anything their minds can even comprehend we thank you father for this ongoing miracle that is converged church you are showing us that you are the best giver and we thank you we thank you jesus that you showed us that back at the cross and you're showing us today in the lives of converged church and every single person that is in this house we thank you father for this gifts and it is you know great and mighty and matchless name that we pray jesus amen enjoy the rest of your worship experience But I do a All lot. Right, converge, I'ma church. make a Is toast, cause we still alive. I am Pastor no Wendy big. Harmon. I belong I feel to like Pastor Pop. Ray, who is our I lead pastor. Pastor Ray is preaching down in. the house and farmers branch this morning. Collectively, we were able to be with them for their vision weekend. And we did eight services. He is preaching at the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m. But he has left the well-able minister yeah. of the gospel. Because we are celebrating our youth service, we are going to hear from Trey Smith. Now, Trey may be a new face to you, but he is not new to us. We have known Trey for 18 years since he was 18 years old. At 18 years old, he was leading a thriving youth ministry of over 600 kids. So he's been preaching for a long time. Before there was an Andy Minio and before there was a Lecrae, there was Trey Izzy rapping and preaching down the house. He is now in his 30s. He is a father of two beautiful little Carmel Drops, Jordan and Cairo. He has got this time fine mocha princess by his side. And he is gonna, <laughs> he is gonna be leading. He is the son. He's got a bonus mom, Lena, and his dad, our mayor, mayor of 
prosper. Ray Smith is with us. His nephews are with us. And we're going to hear some pump up the music. And for our son of the Amen. church started online. He and his wife were one of the first original online members. And so we're going to loose the gift of God in the man of God. Come on. To preach the word of God in the house of God today. Come on. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Do a lot. I'ma make a toast. I don't know about you. You can be alive. seated. No big. I don't know how you can't not get excited after an intro like that. So I, I, I'm trying not to come out the gates with it, but whew. But I do want to say this on a serious note to the to the parents of high school and middle school students, uh, just on behalf of our leadership team. Just to reiterate, we've had students, but even the the adults handling the transitions. That's all part of our leadership team. Natasha, Cree uh, leading worship, Zion, the young man leading worship. That's a junior in high school. If you didn't know that, leading us into the presence of God. Kaketso doing the transition prayer. And I just want to say it is an honor, but I want to tell you personally, like we don't take it lightly that you entrust us for those two hours on second and fourth Sunday with your kids. Okay, and I just want you to know, like we're not, we're not counting popsicle sticks and feeding them pizza and then, you know, rushing them out. No, no, no. What we are doing is we are creating an environment where they can encounter with Jesus. Because when an encounter with Jesus happens, a hunger to be equipped by his word begins to happen. And when we begin to equip the next generation with the word of God, then they can excel in his purpose. And so that's what we believe, that's what we're about. Um, but as far as today is concerned, I have a very specific word, not just for the young people, but for you, the other generation. And if it's okay with you, I would like to just jump right into the word because I feel like I have no time to waste. I'm going to be reading to start, uh, as Pastor Ray would call it, the anchor text for today's message as we close out the Back to Basics series is in the book of John, chapter one. Before I start reading, I want to give you a little context. Um, this sequence I'm going to sort of break down for you happens between two very significant events in the life of Jesus. It's just after the baptism of Christ, and it's just before he performed his first miracle. The reason why I share that is because if you're just reading through the Bible, it'd be very easy to just kind of read over it and completely miss the pattern. I believe God's word is trying to show us in just a simple interaction. So chapter one, starting at verse 35. The next day, John... Not the, not the writer of the gospel, but this is referring to John the Baptist, was there with his two disciples, two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. First pattern we see is when you hear Jesus, you follow Jesus. We come to church on Sunday and we hear Jesus, but are we still following the Jesus we heard about Monday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Thirsty Thursdays? Are we still following the Jesus that we heard about? And we have a hindsight perspective on this because we know how the story plays out. So when we look at it and go, well, of course, two disciples leaving John the Baptist to follow Jesus, who wouldn't do that? But at this point in time, Jesus' public ministry hadn't even began yet. 
John the Baptist actually was the guy who was in high demand. John the Baptist was the one building the powerhouse ministry that these two disciples were learning under. Think about your profession right now. Think about the industry that you're in and who's at the top of it. Imagine if that person allowed you to come work with them for like a two-year apprenticeship. I got a couple friends here on the second row that are football coaches. I'm thinking, imagine you get your first head football coaching job and Nick Saban calls and says, hey, how about I just come work with you for a couple years while you get your feet wet as a head coach? That's kind of the, the, the place that these two disciples of John the Baptist were in. So the point in me saying that is when they left to follow Jesus, they were leaving a place of significance. They heard Jesus, followed Jesus, even when it meant leaving what was significant. It would have been very easy for these two disciples to say, okay, I heard Jesus. Cool, John, what do we got today? Hear and continue, which is a lot of times what we do. We hear Jesus, start to follow it, but then the second it starts to disrupt our place of significance, the, st the second it starts to disrupt our routine, I don't know about that. But they followed. Watch what Jesus does. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? It didn't take much to catch Jesus's attention. All the disciples had to do was follow him. This is a very difficult concept for you and I to wrap our minds around because we live in a society built on performance-based acceptance. Think about your everyday life. You perform well, you earn well. Young people, you go to school, you perform well, and that's when you start getting the rewards. That's when you know your parents are proud of you. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There has to be a level of that so we can learn the, the, the importance of hard work and earning things in life. However, when your entire life is consumed with that, it makes it difficult to really see just how much Jesus sees us. These two disciples, they weren't doing anything. It doesn't say that they ran ahead after all this time with John the Baptist and they started praying and they started ministering and they started baptizing and Jesus said, yeah. That's the kind of guys I need on my team. People that pray like that. People that live like that. People that, 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 that have that kind of talent. There was no performance impressive enough to catch Jesus' attention. All it required was them following. Think about that for a second. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that because, because like I said, the society that we live in. And so what my encouragement is, is maybe we should stop asking ourselves, what am I doing for God? And just simply start asking, am I following him? Am I following him? And then look at this. Jesus says, what do you want? I don't know about you, but that's a good spot to be in if you're a disciple. Jesus, the son of God, what do you want? Well, funny you should ask. I'm sure the two disciples had practical needs. I'm sure they had practical wants. Maybe they were believing God for a spouse. Maybe they needed a financial, some type of financial breakthrough. Maybe they needed uh, uh, some healing in their family. Whatever it is, in that moment, they could have asked Jesus, and knowing what we know now, Jesus could have done it. And he probably would have done it. But watch how the disciples responded. They said, Rabbi or teacher, where are you staying? One translation says, where are you going? We just want to be with you. However, like us, we want to be with Jesus, but we want Jesus to give us the game plan. 
I'm going to follow you, but where are we going? And Jesus says, come and see. See, following Jesus doesn't come with an itinerary. Oh, yeah, 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 we like that one. <laughs> following Jesus doesn't come with an itinerary. It's one step at a time. Lord, why is this working out this way? Why is my life looking like this at this age? I thought for sure I would already have X, Y, and Z, but life is looking like A, B, C. Jesus says, come and see. The disciples asked Jesus for a destination. Jesus responded with an invitation. Think about that in your own life. Okay, let's just, let's just put it this way, because this is the title of my sermon this morning, is did you get the invite? If you have young people, you have a child, you probably, or you're some type of event planner, you've probably planned some type of party or event, and you use electronic invitations, right? And you send out the evites. And the closer you get to that event, you're not looking at the yeses, you're not looking at the noes, you're not looking at the maybes, you're looking at that list that says, hasn't responded yet. And you start sending out that text message. Did you get the invite? I don't need you to text me. I don't need you to call me. I don't need you to email me. Just click the link and respond to the invite. We only ask that question when we haven't received a response. And sometimes I wonder, we're praying. God, could you just do this? God, could you just let me have this? God, could you just give me direction here? And he's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. did you get the invite? I sent you an invite on that issue right there. Did you get it? And so where I want to kind of park this morning is understanding that if we want to discover the invites that God is sending us personally, we must first begin responding to the invites he sends to all of us. Because the truth is, whether you realize it or not, God's inviting you specifically to do something. There is a purpose, there's a calling, there's an anointing on every person in this room. And you've already been invited into it. The question is, have you received it? Have you even opened it? Well, how do I know what that is? Well, let's start opening the invitations and responding to the invitations that God is sending to us all. And I'm gonna kind of go through a few invitations. I believe the Lord, biblically speaking, is sending all of us, and through responding to those, you'll begin to uncover and discover those specific invitations that he's sending to you personally. But before we dive in, I gotta take a sip of water. All right. Four invites God sends to all of his children. Invite number one, if you're taking, taking notes, this is the first point. I believe these are also on the YouVersion app. Is an invite to separate. An invite to separate. Jesus teaches us in Luke chapter five, verses 36 and 37, a very well-known parable. He says, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. Now, literally speaking, Jesus is referring to separating from the old law, the old covenant, and embracing the new, which is saved by faith through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, but what does that look like in our context? It's still the same. However, there's a lot of old we've got to separate from in order to fully embrace the newness of God's kingdom life for us. Sometimes that old can come in the form of control. We can't, we can't fit the things we like in God's kingdom purpose for our lives into this life we have full control of. Yeah. 
And so practically speaking, what is separating the old and fully embracing the new look like in 2023? I, I, I make it two steps. And we might even have these on the screen, I don't know. You have to identify and you have to distinguish. The first thing you have to do is you have to identify any people or behaviors. There we go. That make you sinful, toxic, or distracted. Now, you don't have to do this by yourself. Some of this, you might, it might require some community around you. Some relationships in your life. Well, I don't have any of that. Well, you've come to the right place. But if it makes me sinful, if it makes me toxic, if it makes me distracted, separate from it. Now, let me clarify this with people. I'm not saying if a person is sinful, separate. No, we're called to reach them. We're called to reach those who are toxic. What I'm saying is, is if this person, when I get around them, or this group of people makes me sinful, I gotta separate. So step one is you gotta identify what are the behaviors, who are the people I need to separate from. Then you have to distinguish the method of separation. You can cut it off, you can let it go. And that's very important, because watch this. If you try to let go of what you were supposed to cut off, it will still be attached to you and in your life. Maybe you got a little something, something, a little romantic interest on the side, you're texting, talking to single people. And you know, first off, there's nothing sinful or toxic about it, but God's already told you, yeah, that ain't it. Separate from that one. And you say, ah, I'm gonna just let it go. It might be two days. It might be two weeks, it might be two months, they're gonna be right back in your life. And then watch this, you're gonna be convincing yourself, oh, maybe this is the Lord. <laughs> if you haven't done it, you know someone who has. So, so you can't just let go of what God is telling you to cut off, but then on the flip side, you can't cut off what God's telling you to let go of. You can't cut unforgiveness out of your heart. You can't cut spiritual wounds, which I'm about to dive all in in a second. You can't cut those out of your soul. You can't just cut church hurt out of your life. But if you hang around for a few more minutes, I'm about to dive all up in some church hurt this morning. But you have got to cut off what's meant to be cut off, and you've got to let go and, and release what's meant to be let go and released. And, and again, I'm not saying you have to do it by yourself. There might be some things you start realizing I got to separate from that it might require a deep community around you. It might even require therapy. But whatever it takes to get yourself to a point where you can healthily resolve and release, let it go, do it. That's the first invitation, separate. Invite number two is an invite to serve. <laughs> Not everybody feels that way though, if I can just be honest. For some people that word serve in the church is like the old school game operation. When you got the tweezers and you're trying to get the bone out and you hit the side, <laughs> Words like serve, words like authority, words like submit, words like money. Words like give, it's just like <laughs> But why? Because somewhere along the line, there was a painful experience in the church. And now what we're able to do is sort of carry this shield with church hurt on it to sort of protect ourselves. And so what I would like to take a few minutes to do when I talk about an invite to serve is it kind of funny too, because as I was preparing this message, I thought I had like this very profound teaching on like, here's what the Bible says and here's how it impacts your life. And I felt like God was saying, when, 
when you're ready to say like what I want you to say, let me know. I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, I need you to open up the can of worms because it's being talked about outside the church. We need to bring that conversation right here inside the church. So what I would like to do is go through the who, what, why, where of church hurt and then the how, as in how to overcome and be victorious over it. Listen, it may not just be a few minute teaching that completely sets everyone free, but here's what I believe. I believe it's gonna get you in the right direction if you're carrying that. And if you're not carrying that, I'd, I'd be willing to bet someone in your network or your family is, and maybe you can take something from this teaching to use and be a voice of healing in their life. So let's just jump into it. What is church hurt? It's a stronghold on our minds that says this, I will never do that again. Because if I do that again, I will end up exactly like I did last time. Stronghold. <laughs> Where is church hurt? Church hurt derives in places where the human influence is stronger than the biblical influence. Can we talk about this? Can, I mean, I'm serious. Can we talk about this? Let me say this, human influence on the church is nothing new in history. Let me just quick bird's eye view. Greeks get a hold of it, there's an influence of philosophy. Romans get a hold of it, there's an influence of legal systems, government, structure, hierarchies. America gets a hold of it, and what we're seeing is an influence of enterprise. Here's the problem with an enterprise, of a church influenced heavily by enterprise is this. You start to see a culture develop in the church of approval and access. Not, not to God, to man. And when you have a church culture that's built on approval and access, it's only a matter of time before you start to see enslavement develop in a congregation. But we don't call it enslavement. We dress it up and we call it servant leadership. And when you have, hold on, stay with me. Can we go there? Okay. When you have enslavement dressed up as servant leadership, that's a recipe for toxic faith. What does toxic faith say? It's only a matter of time before somebody gets hurt. Some of you have experienced eating the fruit of toxic faith and it's poisoned your spirit. And now what's happening is, is you, you, you want to get, but it's like, ugh. I'll never do that again. Because if I do that again, I will end up exactly like I did last time. Who is church hurt? Anyone who becomes so enslaved to getting the approval of and access to man that they become addicted to the works of church activity. Let me tell you where this leaves you. It's almost like you get wrapped up in this whirlwind, in this vortex. And I know this isn't for everybody, but there are some people in here right now that understand exactly what I'm saying. You get out of that vortex and you realize, whoa, I've got nothing to show for any of my time inside of that thing. I've got no money. I've got no influence. 
I've got no platform. And a lot of times, I don't even have a network. I've got nothing. And you're right back to square one. By the way, this isn't just study and research. I'm sharing my own journey with you. And you're back at square one going, all right, I gotta build this thing back up. I mean, I remember I had a conversation with the most significant spiritual influence in my life, and even he was like, I mean, you're right, man. I kind of feel the same way. It's just you're in a different season right now. And so you're able to pivot and move and shake. And for me, I just got in this place where I was square one, nothing. Seven years. Seven years, and I got nothing to show for. You know what? I will never do that again. Because if I do that again, I'm going to end up exactly like I did last time. Ten years, that stronghold was on me. Why is church hurt? Because the enemy knows if he can keep you hurt and offended, then you will never fulfill the destiny God's put on your life. This is twofold though. Fulfilling God's destiny for your life is the most fulfilling life that you could ever live. The other side to that, when you're not fulfilling the destiny that you've been called to, the gates of hell are chilling. So the enemy knows, okay, if I can keep this person hurt and upset and, 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 and this stronghold on their mind, I ain't got to worry about them. How? How do I get past my church hurt? I've sort of boiled this down to two steps. Number one is find a shepherd or shepherds. You see us, Converge Student Sunday, me speaking, part of the leadership team. What you don't know, last summer, when the discussions to relaunch Converge Students got started, I was excited. Like there were fires in me that I felt like had been born for 10 years. I go to the first meeting, little Zoom session. Great meeting, I hang up, stronghold. Trey, if you do that again, you're gonna end up exactly like you did last time. Is it really that worth it? So I sent the text, most difficult text I've ever had to send. I told Pastor Ryan, I'm so sorry, I can't do this. I texted Kuketso, and you know, that was painful for me because I do have a history with the Harmons. I do respect the Harmons. They were very critical in my early years as just a young man of God, but then a young man of God trying to balance ministry and, and girls and, and this and that and all that. And they were the ones that really like helped me be comfortable in my own skin. Like, Trey, you don't have to fit into the box of everyone else. You just be you. So, so... With that being said, though, now here we are, fast forward 18 years later, and it's like, it seems like a match made in heaven on paper, and I'm going, can't do it. Not going to do it. Pastor Ray calls me, shepherd, pay very close attention to this. I pick up the phone, Pastor, I'm so sorry, man, I'm so sorry, I'm just not ready, I'm so sorry, I'm just going 100 miles per hour, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can be a little tense if you can't tell. He said, Trey, first off, stop apologizing. I've been doing this a long time. And what I've learned is that if I just pray and talk to God, he will move in the hearts of his people. If God is not moving in your heart to do this, don't do it. 
Now, what he didn't know is God was moving in my heart to do it, but this stronghold was keeping me from it. And I was like, okay. He said, what I'm not gonna do is use my platform to try to influence and manipulate you into doing something that would benefit me. Shepherd. See, back to that America thing I was referring to, in America to build a church, if you've got wise teaching, charismatic preaching, dynamic leading, or just two of the three, people will follow you because we're naturally, we're drawn to that. Pastor Ray Harmon, those of you that have been feeling the church out over the last month, you know that. That's what's brought you back. I mean, if you've been here for a while, you already know everything I'm saying, but I'm saying for those that are new, What's bringing you back is this charismatic preaching, this dynamic leadership, this wise teaching. But I'm telling you, take it from me as someone who, who, not because of my history, I'm talking from Pastor Ray being my pastor. Before any of that, he's an attentive shepherd. Dexter Jackson, shepherd. Hold on, let me, let me, Dexter Jackson, shepherd. It's not just Pastor Ray, there's other ones and I could go through a list, but I'm just talking the ones that specifically influenced and impacted me personally. And so all of a sudden, I get off this phone call, and I'm like, well, I mean, it's like, first off, all the guardrails are dropped. I'm like, what do I do now? I mean, what am I supposed to say to that? And I remember I'm sitting in my truck, and I just leaned my head back and said, okay, God, what, what, what do you need me to do? He said, Trey, just get back in the game, man. Just get back in the game. I don't need you going and leading 10 ministries or signing up for 100 teams. Just get in the game. My dad's sitting on the front row. My first ever third grade football game. We're driving, and he said, uh, are you nervous? You feeling good? I said, yeah, I'm a little nervous. He said, what are you nervous about? I said, well, I just want to make sure I remember all the plays. He said, remember the plays? It's third grade football. Just get on the field and hit somebody. He goes, if you get on the field and hit somebody, ain't nobody going to be worried about if you remember the plays or not. I promise you, you'll stay on the field. And I think that's kind of where God is with some of us. It's like he's massaged us. He's restored us to a place where it's like, man, just get in the game. Just take the first step. So what did that look like for me? I said, okay. So I looked on. Of course, this was just so happened to be when we started, which a lot of you remember the church work Saturdays. And my first time serving in a church kingdom-minded event in probably the last 10 years, maybe the second. I've served with the community and things like that, but when you're doing kingdom work, it's different. And I showed up. We worked, too. If you were there, you remember me. We worked. We're digging holes, laying mulch, planting trees. And I'm walking back to my truck, covered in mulch. My lower back's on fire. <laughs> and I remember I sat, there, sat down, and it was just like this huge release. Something broke off of me. And then God really, just hold on, listen, listen, listen. God really began to do a work on my heart. And he led me into a place where we had a very powerful encounter that was similar to the one I had at 16 years old when I knew he had called me to ministry. And he said, okay, Trey, now I don't just need you in the game. I need your yes. And so I, I know I just went through it. It sounds so simple, but man, if you're carrying that, find a shepherd first. Get healed. I mean, if you're here right now and you're in pieces, don't go sign up for a serve team. Just stay connected. Amen. Amen. But guess what? If you will let God do his healing work and, let, and allow yourself to be shepherded, you, he will get you to the point where he says, okay, now I need you back in the game. Yeah. 
And as you get back in the game, that's where you'll begin to find that victory. And I'm telling you right now, this house, the people in this house, there's special anointings all around this room. There's callings and there's purposes all around this room. And I'm gonna give you the word that I got that just, just essentially set me free. Because one of those victories comes in the form of Joel 2 and 25. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. I'm gonna start using the claps to take my water. <laughs> and the last thing I'll say on this before going to the next two, and you know, I'll speed through the third point, get to the fourth one, and I'll land it. Uh, but it's kind of like an athlete who suffers a career-threatening injury. They go through a very strenuous physical rehabilitation process, but they're not fully healed till they get back in the game. They can go through all the physical therapy, and if you've dealt with that, you know. We've got some athletes, former athletes and athletes in this house right now. If you've dealt with that type of injury, you go through the, the healing process, but you're still not healed until you get back in the game. And so I wanna encourage you, if you're at that place now where maybe you're not in pieces, God's been working on your heart, and you're just like, it's like you wanna tip your toe in it, but just get in the game. You don't gotta go score all the touchdowns. You don't gotta call all the plays. Just get in there and hit somebody. Don't really hit someone, but you know. <laughs> just get on the field and make something happen. Just do something. All right, invite number three is an invite to strengthen. I'm gonna give you the most quoted, most known, most published verse probably in the Bible. If I said, hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you can quote a scripture to me word for word. After Jesus wept, this would probably be the verse you quoted me. <laughs> Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think one translation says, gives me strength. And here's all I wanna say on this, because I'm almost done. In fact, I don't even know how much time I have. I apologize, okay, okay. No, 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 y'all, I'm the substitute preacher. <laughs> when you're the substitute preacher, you stay on time. <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm almost there. We know it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We often live like it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. If you're taking notes, write this down. Christ strengthening us is not a past tense event. It's a present tense process. It's ongoing, it's active. That's what kingdom is. That's what Jesus preached, kingdom. It's an active relationship with him. It's experiencing a life that's as, is on earth as it is in heaven. And it's like, we know that. Like, if I wanna get stronger physically, I gotta spend time in a gym. If I wanna get stronger mentally, I gotta spend time in a library or in a book. If I wanna get stronger emotionally, I gotta spend time in community or in therapy. If I wanna get strong spiritually, if I wanna be strengthened by Christ, I gotta spend time with him. Now, I'm not gonna go legalistic on you. I'm not saying, oh, the only time the Lord hears your prayers is when it's at alone time. No, 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 no. Pray without ceasing. Pastor taught that weeks ago. Always be praying. Some of you pray from the car, through the parking lot, to your office. Keep doing that. He hears that. But the most important thing you will do every single day is be with him. Is be with him. And we talk about that back there, by the way. I told you, we're not counting popsicle sticks and eating pizza. We wanna teach kids how to be strengthened in the Lord. How to have encounters with Jesus. And I'm passionate about that because I had that at that age. 
And it's our duty to pass that on to the next generation. Strengthen. Practically speaking, just break your time into thirds. I'm not even gonna tell you how much time you should spend. Again, I don't want this to become legalistic. Oh, brother, you're preaching legalism. No, spend time with them. Even if it's nine minutes a day, and I'm using nine because I know what nine divided by three is. It's three. <laughs> three minutes in the word. Three minutes in prayer. Three minutes listening. I even did the math for you. If you spend nine minutes a day with God between now and the end of the year, you will have spent, I think, over 3,000 minutes just you and him. God can do a lot in your life with 3,000 minutes. But what I would venture to say is what you'll soon find is, man, that ain't enough. Not because it's not enough for God. It's not enough for you. And all of a sudden, that nine minutes is like, man, I might need to give me 15 today. Man, I might even have to go 30. Ooh. 10, 10, 10. See, I like doing numbers. I know how to divide by three. I was going to say 10 minutes, but I don't know what 10 divided by three is. So an invite to strengthen. I'm going to close with this last point, and yes, this is the last point. Remember, I'm a substitute preacher. We've got an invite to separate, an invite to serve, and an invite to strengthen. And the last invite I'm teaching on today is an invite to sprout. If you're taking notes, write this down. Different seeds sprout at different speeds. This invite is different from the others because we don't have control of it. I know what I, I got control over what I separate from. I got control over when and where I serve. I got control on when I make time for strengthening. I don't get to decide when the sprout happens. So as I was leaning into this word and preparing this message, you know, I just felt like those first three just flowed, man. Like they just flowed. And then I got to sprout and I got this word right there. I thought, hey, you know what, that, that, I mean, that's pretty good, you know? I thought I could just land it right there. And then we turned over into the new year and I just, we, we had our time, those 21 days, just really getting into prayer and fasting. And I felt like that word sprout, man, the Lord just wouldn't let me release. And, and I'm looking at this, different seeds sprout at different speeds. And the Lord started like taking me down this path, putting this in a biblical context. And I'm a little uncomfortable sharing with how I received this word because it's different for me. But it came in the form of like this vision. Um, and it wasn't like weird, like, like, you know, I didn't go in like a trance. And I'm not saying God, I mean, that's, that's in the Bible, but I'm saying that wasn't me. It was more of just like a sequence of pictures. And as I'm studying the word and I'm seeing these things and, 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 and I was just like, okay, God, what are you trying to show me here? Because I started to see people praying. And as they were praying, it was like seeds leaving their mouth. And there was this magnificent hand. Uh, I'm sorry, like just, let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this real quick. Paul said, don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecy, test all things Hold fast to all that is right and abstain from all forms of evil. 
Pastor Ray taught us on a, one of our prayer nights during the fast. He said, it was from the book of Joel. In fact, it was 2, I think 28 and 29. It said, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Here's what's crazy. Earlier that day when I was asking God for clarity on this word, like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say something is from God and it not be because according to the Bible, you're a false prophet and a false teacher. I want nothing to do with that. So I just want to submit that verse to you because during that prayer time, I went to where Peter was actually quoting from that verse Pastor Ray taught on that night. And I'm just putting all this together. I'm like, okay, God, maybe this thing did come from you. I'm still not comfortable saying this is a word from God. Because just like you, I'm growing in my own faith but I'm gonna just tell it to you like I saw it. Unless Jesus would say, let he or her who has ears to hear, let them hear. So these prayers are going up as seeds, going into this just magnificent giant hand. And there were these three fields and this hand was like scattering seeds over here, scattering seeds over here, and scattering seeds over here. But it was very intentional. It wasn't like random. It was like specific seeds were meant for this field over here. Specific seeds were meant for this field in this and then specific over here. And then I began to look at the fields because I felt like the Lord was saying, those are the prayers of the ones who walk in surrendered obedience. And I will define that in a second. And as I'm catching those prayers, I'm putting them into the field that they have been designed to take root in. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, what's up with these fields? I'm kind of seeing like a figure, like a, 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 a person in each field, but like I couldn't see the face. It was like a silhouette. And so I'm like, okay, I'm leaning into that. Like, what, what, what is this? And I felt like in this field over here, it was Zacharias. Depending on what biblical translation you're reading, it might say Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist. Him and his wife Elizabeth prayed and believed for a son, and it never happened. Elizabeth was barren of womb. And what we know, we don't know how long it took, but we know that they were old in age. Zacharias was fulfilling his, his, his priestly duties when he received a visit from the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord said, Fear not, your prayer has been answered. Then I look in this field, and it was Aaron, the brother of Moses. And it was like there was this little almond tree next to him. Um, and if you know the Bible, you know the story. Um, when, no, 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 we're, I'm good, I'm good, guys. I'm just, I'm trying to hear this. Um, I appreciate it, though. <laughs> there came a point in time, well, pretty much the entire time Moses was leading the Israelites, there was just grumbling and complaining. And, and it was always, if it wasn't one thing, it was another. Well, it came to the time where they were having issues with the authority that Aaron had. And so finally, after a sequence of events, the Lord said, I'm gonna settle this once and for all. Moses, go gather 12 staffs, one from a representative of each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and make sure Aaron's is in there. Write the names on the staffs, put them in the tent outside the Ark of the Covenant, and let it sit overnight. Moses obeyed. Obeyed put the 12 staffs in, left, came back in the next day. 11 of those 12 looked exactly the same, but Aaron's didn't. The word says not only did it begin to sprout, it had fully budded, blossomed, and was showing almonds. In my mind, I see a mini almond tree amongst these staffs that look exactly like they did before. A miracle on Aaron's behalf performed overnight. 
Then I'm looking in this field over here and see Tabitha. She's not as well known as these other two, but she's in the book of Acts. We don't know a lot about her. We know she was a selfless woman. She put others above herself, but she got deathly ill and she died. Peter, disciple of Jesus, who is engaged in his active ministry, enters the home, clears everyone out, and he's standing there with Tabitha's lifeless, dead body. I always wondered if he cleared everyone out because he's going, okay, Lord, <sighs> they want me to do something. Help me out. But the word said, Peter prayed. Peter wasn't Luke. He wasn't a physician. He was a fisherman. And he's in this room with this dead body, and it says, Peter prayed. And he grabbed Tabitha by the hand, and he said, arise. And the word in one translation says, at once. Tabitha's eyes were open and life was restored. So what's the word? Be reminded. The same God who had Zacharias and Elizabeth wait decades for the miracle is the same God who performed a miracle on Aaron's behalf overnight. And the same God who performs miracles overnight is the same God who came through for Tabitha at once. Listen, I don't know what you're expecting right now from the Lord, but the, 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 the key in all this is surrendered obedience. What is surrendered obedience? First off, it's doing what God tells you to do without having to know why. Following Jesus doesn't come with an itinerary. But it's understanding that obedience isn't what you're doing. It's who you're becoming. I'm not preaching legalism. I'm not preaching do this to get that. Okay, if you do obedience, then you get the, no. It's a process of becoming. And in becoming who God's created you to be, now all of a sudden you become this person who can not only receive, but sustain at once miracles, notable miracles. That's what this house believes in, notable miracles. Evident to all. That's when you can receive and sustain overnight miracles. And I'm just telling you, I believe in this season, I mean, it's, it's, it's a season of sprout. It's going to be, wait, 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 but you just started that business. How are you already doing those numbers? Wait, 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 wait. But you're in an industry that's down right now, but you'll keep going up because it's the same God. It's the same God. But we also, I mean, we still have this field over here, right? Some of you are like, uh-oh. He's going to say some of our prayers are going to take decades to get responses to. I'm not going to not say that because that is the word of God, and it is the same God. But I came back over here. And I was like, okay, Lord, is this it? Because I think the at once and the overnight, like that's going to go real well. But the decades. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's your words, not mine. It's your people, not mine. He said, look a little closer. And when I feel that prompting from the Spirit, all I know to do is to go to the Bible. And I go back to Luke 1, and I'm reading this interaction between Zacharias and the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says, fear not your prayer. The word prayer there in the Greek is deasis. Deasis. D-E-E-S-I-S. -E -E -S. It's a verb that has an allowable English translation for this. 
prayer, you no longer pray. The angel of the Lord said, fear not, Zacharias, though prayer, you no longer pray, has been answered. What if, what if the word God is trying to get to us is that the ones who, do, who choose surrendered obedience, when your prayers go up, you can expect an at-once response. When your prayers go up, you can expect an overnight response. And I would even venture to say you can expect responses to prayers that you've stopped praying for whatever reason. You've lost faith. You just accepted it wasn't God's will. Let me tell you a little bit about me real quick. September 2nd, 2018, and the only reason why I know that exact date is because my wife has it in her phone. We were leaving a church. Ooh. And my wife said, I had a vision of you during praise and worship today. And you gotta understand too, that ain't my wife trying to be cute, okay? Um, she prays, and when she prays, things happen. And I figured that out early. Our first date, like her alarms, like kept going off. And I was like, I was like, are you on like medication? Like, what is that? And she, and she said, no, these are, she said, no, these are my um, prayer alarms. And she starts showing me all these prayers that she prays. And I was like, oh, Jesus, Lord, that one, send me, I'll go, I'll go. Sorry. So we're leaving this church service, and she said, I had a vision of you. She said, you were on stage wildly preaching the word of God. And this was my response on September 2nd, 2018. I said, well, hell might have to literally freeze over for that to happen, because those days are done for me. Stronghold. Stop praying. And she was like, whoa. I said, no, I don't mean it. I, just, I said, that ship just sailed. And I had just accepted the life. And I, and I was thankful for it, man, because that's what we do. We just kind of accept something is not God's will. And I, I remember I prayed years ago, man. I went through some valleys. There's some men in this room that walked with me. They're here supporting me. They walked with me through those valleys over the last decade. And I prayed, God, just get me back in my purpose. It was never about getting on a stage. It was just get me back in my purpose. Get me back to what you've called me to do. But the, you know, more time goes by, more time goes by, you start having kids and you start getting settled and you start going through things. And as Andrea Jackson says, life just starts lifing. And you just accept, maybe that wasn't God's will for me. Maybe all I was meant to be in that was just a placeholder for someone else. But God. And I just wanna encourage you this morning I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're believing for, but just know in this season, surrendered obedience at once, overnight, the stuff you don't even pray anymore. I'd ask if everyone would bow your head and close your eyes. Levi, go ahead and join me up on stage. I wanna do something real quick. You know, I just preached an entire sermon on in invitations. And I feel like uh, um, I need to give everyone an opportunity, if you have not, to invite Jesus into your heart and to be the Lord of your life. I don't want to just assume that everybody in here is a Christian. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you feel something moving in you, 
You feel something pulling on your heart, you feel something moving down in your gut, and you know you don't know Jesus. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, 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 this, 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 the church. I'm talking about an active relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have that, on the count of three, I want you to just slip up your hand. You don't even have to leave it up, just slip it up on the count of three. You're saying that right now today, Jesus, I want to accept you into my heart, into my life, and from this day forward, I wanna walk in an active relationship with you. On the count of three, lift up your hands. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, you can put them down. Thank you, thank you, praise God. I'm gonna let it sit for just a second. I mean, you're feeling that tug. Just slip it up. Yes, thank you. Okay, I wanna do one other thing. I wanna talk to those of you that have been hurt. And you say, you know what, today, I'm getting back in the game. And don't do it on emotion. Maybe getting back in the game just means you go home and you really start strongly considering an area to get involved in. Don't, don't make a decision on an emotion, but you're saying, you know what, today I'm either gonna get back in the game or, Jesus, I've known you at one point, but I've strayed far from you and I wanna rededicate myself to you. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand. One, two, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can put them down, you don't have to leave them up. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's what we're gonna do with every head bowed and every eyes closed on this Converge Student Sunday. I've asked one of our very own students named Levi. And by the way, the rod that belonged to Aaron was representing the tribe of Levi. And what I believe is as this young man delivers this prayer that hearts and minds will be set free this morning. It doesn't have to be some older, wiser, spiritually more mature, no. This young man right now is gonna speak a prayer over this house and we're gonna have people set free. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us of the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to forgive those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all give it up for Levi Harmon. I'm gonna ask our team of students, AJ and everyone right here, get AJ, get everybody, bring them up. Um, real quick, Levi, you have anything you wanna tell them about uh, Converge students? No? Well, I wanna say this, listen, if you are a student in the house and you made any decision today, our leadership team wants to meet you. We will be right outside the rail. And if you are an adult, you're one of the grown folk, and you made a decision today. We want to meet you and make sure we connect with you before you leave. I believe Pastor Jesse and Pastor Wendy will be out here at our uh, uh, Connection Center. Students, come on, I'm stalling for y'all. AJ, get front center, yo. come right here. Talk to us. Yo, 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 I'm AJ Johnson. I'm a junior at Emerson High School and I'm here with all my Converge students, and we just want to say that we meet every second and fourth Sunday. 
if, and we'd like to invite all y'all to come out. The Bible says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. And we'd like to strive for that, and we'd like to lead in that and convert students, and we hope to see you there. Yes, we thank God for your gift. We thank God for our pastor that recognized your gift. We thank you for your yes. And we just ask that the Lord just seal that word in your heart. Let's give it up for these good looking teenagers. We are believing God to keep them, that they never stray into the far country. We are so glad that you joined us today. We're gonna ask that you lift your hands as I bless you out. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have an amazing week and remember God loves you and so do we. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.